What's up, YouTube? It is I, Robert R. Ricks, and it is time again for us to do a reading from the book Magic Really Sucks, but the book doesn't. What? What did I say? Magic Really Sucks, but the book doesn't. Alright, so we are now going into chapter three. Dun, 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 dun. That's a hell of a bookmark, right? It's a fucking mirror. I mean, it's all I had. It's all I had. So, you know. Oh, I don't need a headset. Why the hell do I have my headset on? I don't need my headset. I don't need it. I don't need it. Anyway, let us begin, shall we? Well, maybe, wait, what I'll do is I'll wait for a second and I'll say hello to the folks that are coming on. Because that's polite, you know what I mean? What's up, Tenchi? What's up, Paula? I'm glad you guys are here. And I hope, from the bottom of my heart, that you enjoy this reading. All right. Unto whoever comes on after the fact, Paula, because Tenchi might jump off to go to bed, just tell him I said, what's up? I can see him, but I'm not going to uh, interrupt the story to acknowledge. But I will see them, and I'll say, you know, if I see them, I'll be like, all right. Chapter 3. Freaking meow. Meow, meow, meow. Actually, the meow, meow, meow is not in there. That's a little inside joke for other viewers. Anyway, Chapter 3. Freaking me out. Shiny Meadows Apartment Complex, Salt Lake City, Utah, 918 a.m. April 5th. Ethan sat up, his chest burning and his stomach churning violently. Ow, 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 what the hell? Take deep, slow breaths. I was afraid this was going to happen all at once. What? You're starting to manifest. It's been brewing up in you for a few hours, and I've been watching over you while you slept. But this is out of my hands as far as what, will hap as far as what happens next. What happens next? Ethan asked, alarmed. Purging. I really hope you haven't had lots of heavy meals in the last couple of days. Oh, man. I had Mexican and pasta. He stumbled to get up from the pillows and scanned the massive room, looking for the bathroom. He recalled it had been right next to the kitchen, and as he scanned to his left, he could see a shimmering wave of light, and just beyond it was the kitchen. As another spasm rocked him, he lurched for towards it, fell, stood quickly as a man on a mission would, and sprinted. He passed through the shimmering light and changed directions towards the bathroom. Flipping the light on as he entered the bathroom, he fell to his knees and prayed to the porcelain god before him. Three times he heaved, and after each, he felt much-needed relief. Flushing the toilet, he sat there, feeling accomplished. Ethan... I really hate to tell you this. What? A sense of dread filled him as he asked the question. That's just the beginning. You may want to clean up the area as you're going to need it for other uses. Come on, serious? He rapidly cleaned up and as he did, he felt his stomach drop and a deep pain filled him. Oh man, oh man. He dropped his pants and sat as quickly as he could. It was just in time. The bathroom filled with agonizing, painful groans and whimpers. 
and after 20 unnatural minutes, he sat there panting with goosebumps covering his flesh, shivering and wiping the sweat off his forehead. Wow, man, that was epic! Startled, Ethan looked to his right, and there was a cat that resembled a Norwegian forest cat with a face more like that of a Russian blue. The neck, fur, and body fur was long and flowing. The fur was colored a prismatic pearl similar in coloration to that of the inside of an abalone shell, except each strand of fur was colored as such. The fur was so long along her body that Ethan almost couldn't see the legs and paws. The fur shortened around the tail until it got to the end of it where it suddenly lengthened again and had the appearance of a prismatic pearl fireball. Her eyes were a gentle blue that was cool and soothing. The eyes were more compassionate than any cats he had ever seen. She was truly something to behold. She sat there staring at him. Great said Cat softly. What? You'll see. This should be interesting. What are you? Ethan asked weakly. Well, damn, son. That's straight rude. The cat made a face. Excuse me? said Ethan, amazed at the conversation. What are you? she said with an edge in her tone. Yeah, what are you? I understood the question. It's just rude to ask someone what they are and not who they are. She shook her head and continued. Not like I said to you. Dude, what are you? I mean, you don't know what I am? A cat? Yeah, well, kinda. I mean, okay. I'm what's known as a fey fantastic feline, or you can call me a fey cat. Ethan's stomach lurched again. His eyes widened with fear. He quickly reached back and flushed. His upper abdomen went wild with spasms. He heard a faint meow-like series of chanting, and a floating black bag materialized and covered his face in time. It's okay. Let it all out. I'm here to help. Ethan continued the yo-yo torment for another five minutes. Dude, you've been eating a lot of Mexican or what? Damn! Ethan could only glare at the brilliant cat. What is a fey fantastic feline? He asked, trying to take his mind off the current situation. They are powerful familiars. They connect and augment their partner's abilities. Just one of a handful of mystic creatures that inhabit this dimension. Oh, so she's not going to try to kill me like the demons? No. And correction, the demons weren't going to kill you. They would have tortured you and tormented you some, but they wanted you alive. There, there. Better? The large cat said gently. Ethan nodded. The black flag, the black bag floated away and faded. Good. Need a tic-tac? Ethan shuddered and groaned. No, thank you. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe later. So what's your name? Ethan asked as he felt his body reel. My people call me Meowistic Meowsim Meow 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 But you can call me Sparkles. Sparkles? Yeah, Sparkles. My first sparkles and shimmers in the light. Why? You got a problem with that? Ethan took a deep breath. No, I guess all things considered, Sparkles is a lovely name. Sparkles? Yes? What are you doing here? Melissa contacted me last night. Figured you need some help, and judging by what I see here, she was right. She mentioned you had enchanted goggles, which I see there. Interesting that she can see me as well. 
Melissa sent her. That's how she got past all the wards. Melissa gave her gave her permission. Just so we're on the same page. Just so we're on the same page. Your name is Ethan, and you're a Nephilim. That is in the process of manifesting, right? Ethan shrugged. So they tell me. Not sure if your goggles knows anything about Nephilim manifestation. And Melissa was a bit worried and wanted to make sure you knew what you were in for. So far, you're doing very well for the first phase. First phase? Yes. Fortunately, there's more to come. Each is a little worse than the last. Worse? How much do you know about what I'm going through? I'm very well worse than Nephilim lore. Yep, your body has to get rid of all the poison you've been consuming forever and a day. Do you do drugs? No. Good. Drink a lot of alcohol? How much is a lot? More than a couple of shots a day. No. Good again. How about tap water from the faucet? You know, unfiltered water? At least five cups a day. Yikes. That's gonna suck. Ethan's eyes widened. Why? Is it fluoride in the water? Judging by your question and tone, you're a conspiracy guy. I like that. Yeah, that's part of it, but there's also magical stuff they add in the water to keep control of the non-magics. That's going to be fun. Sparkle shook her head and continued. Okay, how much time in front of a computer screens and holding cell phones to your noggin? Ethan's fear rose exponentially. I spent most of my adult life in front of screens. How many hours a day? Like 13 hours? Oh man, you are so going to hate life on that one. Your poor eyes. Well, at least you'll feel so much better when it's all done. I agree. Once it's done, you'll feel like a new man. Are you just prepping me because this is going to be the single worst experience in my life? Yes. Yep. Damn. How long does it last? Hmm. If what you said is true, six hours? Not like this has happened in a long while. The Fae have historical records and so do the angels, but most of this is guesswork. Don't worry. You got this, dude. Ugh. Dude, you're freaking me out. Did, did you just do a cat joke? Ethan nodded as the pain across his body shifted. Good, good. You're going to need a good sense of humor. Ethan, said Kat softly. Yeah, Ethan thought ap apprehensively. Prepare yourself. This next part is going to be hard as the toxins are pressed out from your skin. Ethan was going to respond when suddenly a slight grayish ooze started seeping from his flesh. His skin felt like it was on fire. The ooze dripped off and landed on the floor with a sizzling splot sound. I'll clean it all up when everything is done, because you're going to make a bigger mess said Sparkle sympathetically. Hang in there. You're doing well. That's all the antibiotics, the painkillers, the cough syrup, etc. Now we move on to the booze, said Sparkles as she watched and waited. A tannish color liquid started dripping from his flesh, and it was icy cold, and he started shivering horribly. You can scream if you need to. I heard this is really painful. No one can hear you, so you don't have to worry about the neighbors. Good to know. Ethan groaned as he fought through the freezing pain so deep it fluctuated between frigid and searing. After about, a, after about an hour of this, he passed out. When he woke up, it was still dark outside. He was staring up at the ceiling, and the room was spinning. 
His body ached and every part of his being felt beaten and bruised. Welcome back, said Cat in a warm, comforting tone. Ugh, how long was I out? Ethan felt weight on his chest and looking down he saw Sparkle staring at him. Well, I think I was off by an hour or so. It's close to eight. Whoa! Sparkles jumped off of Ethan as he sat up, and a faint suctioning sound came from the floor as the thick, multicolored slime fought against him as he moved. Ah, gross! All of this came from me? Sparkles landed on the sink and looked down indifferently, as if she had seen far worse scenes. Yep, nasty, right? Let's get it all cleaned up, shall we? This is going to be good. Watch what she does. Sparkles closed her eyes and faint purring sound grew until it was a muffled growl. When her eyes opened, a brilliant flash filled the room and the slime exploded into glittering particles which soon faded. Wow! You get it off me too? Ethan asked as he ran his hand through his long hair. Of course! I mean, if it'd make you feel better to take a shower, go for it. You're gonna have to get used to your new body anyway. Showers are great after a solid, pur solid purge. New body? Yeah, you lost a lot of weight from the purge. That weight loss and the adjustment is... It is starting to make... Hang on. That weight loss and the adjustments it is starting to make is changing you. Your body will continue to shift until you are fully manifested. Yep. You look more yoked out now, man. Plus, the purge has other effects as well. You might notice some odd smells as you do your normal bathroom thing. Might want to roll with some Febreze for just a bit. Just saying. Ethan couldn't help but grin when he saw the large smile on the fake hat's face as he made the motion with her paw that looked like she was spraying a can. Yes, the purge is the most intense part of the manifestation. The rest of it would be a bit jarring at first, but it isn't as painful. It'll just be weird for you at first. But as you've, been wearing, as you've been wearing me, you've got a sneak peek of the real world. Remove the goggles and you'll see what I mean by jarring. Ethan nodded, pushed the goggles up. He expected the world to shift back to its normal dull view, but instead everything seemed brighter, so much so that he yanked the goggles back down over his eyes. Damn, why is everything so bright? Because you're seeing things for what they really are. I usually act as a filter to help moderate what the viewer is seeing, but before, I was giving you a glimpse. Now, though, I'll act as a shield, which will, which will be helpful as you adjust. Sparkles noticed Ethan as he had removed and quickly replaced the goggles. Crazy, right? It's going to be even cooler once all your abilities are locked in. We're going to have a blast. I can't wait to augment you. Uh, augment? We? Lock, locked in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries, right? It'll, be, it'll all be clear. All you need to know about me is I got your back, man. I got you. Just trust sparkles and shades. Cat. Fake cat. No, her, her name is Cat. Who? The goggles. Oh, I got you. Okay, sparkles and cat has your back. Crap. What? Ethan got up quickly and started out of the apartment. I forgot about Mordecai. Mordecai what? Mordecai. He's the one who loaned me cat initially. He's stuck in a time loop in the car outside. Oh, a time loop? He should be good then. Still... I want to unloop him and then figure out what to do next. Ethan went outside and the sky was dark, filled with ominous clouds. No stars were visible. Even though it was supposed to be spring, the weather still felt like winter. He got into the car and pressed the reset button on his watch as Melissa had instructed, and Mordecai looked at him and smirked.
Holy hell, what'd I miss? I can smell power coming from you. Well, I guess I survived the purge and I have a new friend named Sparkles. Hello there, tall and creepy, said Sparkles from the back seat. Mordecai smiled. A fake hat? How long was I in that time loop? A little more than a day, said Ethan nervously. Okay, so what's the plan? Mordecai asked expectantly. Melissa gave me access to her spot for as long as I want, and according to her and you, it's protected. So I think I'm going to head to my place, grab some of my gear, then move into her apartment. Then figure out what the hell's going on. If you want to meet us there, we can talk more. Mordecai nodded. Hmm, seems like a good enough idea. No one was around in your place looking for you, which makes sense since I suspect you spent the majority of time at work. Okay, it's like 25 minutes from here. Go ahead and go there. I'll catch up. Ethan was going to say something, but Mordecai had vanished. He does that a lot? Pop in and pop out? Asked Sparkles with an annoying toy, annoyed tone in her voice. He has for me. He messes with electricity, so it's probably good he does what he does because the car doesn't work when he's in it. Oh, he's one of those! One of what? Nature Mage. They pull their power from particular elements. He pulls from electricity. Pretty good. Pretty good. We call those Electromancers. He's a powerful ally to have on the Earth dimension. He'd be pretty weak in the astral plane, but here he's got juice for days to pull from. So we're not going to be surfing the net if he's close by. Yeah, I figured that as well. There's another version of the net, as you call it. You'll soon understand. Shall we head out? Ethan nodded, started up the car, started to drive. Sorry about that pause. I just had an earthquake right when that was happening. I don't know if you guys noticed it or not. You might have heard the clinking of the glasses there and then shaking. Rocking and rolling, baby. The story continues. Chapter 4. You flip a turtle on its back. 8346 Odin's Way, West Jordan, Utah. 9.50 a.m. April 5th. Ethan sat in the car examining his house. Everything was so different. In front of the suburban cookie-cutter home, blue in color with burgundy trim, were several wild rose bushes, which seemed more sinister than he had recalled. Don't be too concerned with them. You're going to be noticing things for what they really are now, and plants are no exception, especially rose bushes. Those things grow so much better with blood. You'll be, you're seeing and sensing their nature. You think? They remind me of vampires. Vampires? Sparkles jumped to attention, scanned the area quickly. I don't see any vampires. I was referring to the rose bushes. Sparkles relaxed a bit. Oh, good. I was going to say, if you got them things hanging around your place, then this could be a bad scene for me to be hanging in. Wait, so vampires are real? Sparkles stared at Ethan as if she was having a hard time understanding the words he was saying and then smiled slowly. Right. I keep forgetting all this is brand spanking new to you. So what do you think, Cat? Should we spill the beans and let him know all the creepy, crawly, dark, and nasty, nasty things out there that might want to eat him? She's playing with you. There aren't many things that you should... 
be afraid of. Cat says you're yanking my chain. Sparkles jumped gently into the air and spun into a corkscrew and laughed an airy, bubbly laugh. She's right, I am, but in all seriousness, though, she landed and stared at him deep in his eyes and the smile faded. There really are vamps. They will mess you up bad if you get on their bad side. So always, always play it cool, dig? Ethan nodded slowly. That's some good advice. So the goggles talk to you. I mean, cat. She can talk to you? Ethan nodded. Yeah, she speaks to my mind and I just think back to her. Sparkles nodded. Ethan looked around and didn't see Mordecai. Okay, I'm heading in. Mordecai can just appear or however it is he does what he does. Did someone say my name? Startled, Ethan reflectively swung back with a backhand and felt an iron grip intercept a swing and behind that was a smiling Mordecai in the back seat. Seriously, man. You have to stop just popping in and doing stuff like that. Give me a damn heart attack. Mordecai released his grip and Ethan sighed. Relax. I come with news and a gift. News? Yep. I updated the council rep. She was thrilled at the progress we've made so far. Wanted me to give you this. Mordecai presented Ethan with a lapel pin with three circles overlapping each other. And the small area where each circle left the gap was a brilliant diamond roughly the size of his pinky nail. What is it? It's a council badge with a guidestone embedded in it. A guidestone? Sparkles jumped up and examined the pin. That is sick, man. You're a lucky one. There's only three of those in existence. Someone's trying to make an impression. Yes, they are. Cat. Agreed, Cat. Okay, why? What's a guidestone? Mordecai positioned it near Ethan's shirt, and after a small flash, it was attached to it. Hey, let's do a little test. I'll ask you a series of questions. You can choose to lie, you can tell the truth. Completely up to you, okay? Ethan felt a little nervous. No need to be concerned. Just relax and go with it. Ethan swallowed and nodded. Okay. You have exactly two dollars. It's a hot day. Very hot day. You have this maddest craving for some ice cream, right? The ice cream man is there in his fancy white little truck. And there's a kid in front of, in front of you who's just paid for hers. As you approach to put your order in, the little girl drops hers. The ice cream truck owner won't give her another one. And she begins to cry. What do you do? How much is the cheapest ice cream? Two dollars. Really? Yep. Crap. I guess I buy the little girl an ice cream to place the one that fell. Mordecai smiled. Sparkles grinned and nodded. Nice. Ethan felt happy. Okay, is that it? Nope. For the example of work, we have to do a few more questions. You have a daughter. Goes out against your will with a young man whom you do not trust. In fact, you forbid her from seeing the young man. But on this night, she sneaks out of the house. Frantic and scared, you search for her. Your phone rings and you answer it. She's crying. She tells you he beat her up and did horrible, unspeakable things to her. Like what? Horrible, unspeakable things. Sparkles growled a low bass-filled grumbled growl. You pick her up. You see, she's been through more than anyone should ever have to. Just then, you see the young man with a bunch of his mates drinking it up and having a good time. He sees you and makes eye contact. You don't see any fear in his eyes. You don't see regret. 
You see, utter contempt. What do you do? As Mordecai described the scene, ghostly images appeared, replacing the house in a small, seedy street appeared, and there were three men Mordecai described were there. The young man who Ethan realized was the attacker made eye contact and sneered at Ethan. Sparkle stared deep into Ethan's eyes. Ethan looked on the passenger side of the car and the imagined daughter materialized and sat there crying, broken in utter despair. The look of guilt in her eyes seared into his soul. On her lap was a pistol, a large revolver, cocked and ready. Ethan reached for the gun, not hesitating, aimed it outside the car and fired at the ghostly form of the boyfriend, whose eyes were not filled with contempt, but instead a cold fear and understanding that his life was over. The gun in the scene faded away quickly, and Sparkles was staring at Ethan with her mouth open slightly. Mordecai was stone-faced and had no emotional expression. Next question, Mordecai said softly, said quickly. Did I do something wrong? asked Ethan, afraid he had already started sliding down to the evil side. Relax, there are no right or wrong answers, explained Cat. You're good. Almost done here, Mordecai said Mordecai with a small, tight smile. Ethan could feel his pulse pounding, and he, he was breathing fast. Would he have really killed someone in cold blood, he wondered? You're a small child. Your mother's sick. Your father died a long time ago, and only you and your sister remain. You try to find medicine that will help your mother. She is dying, and it's breaking you and your sister's heart. A cruel man named Thanicus has medicine, and your mother needs has medicine your mother needs. When you approach Thanicus for the medicine, he smiles and says, he has enough medicine to save your mother, but you and your sister both have to do a favor for him. Again, the scene in the car shifted. Ethan saw himself as a small child and his sister. He looked at the towering man in front of him, which he knew was Thanicus the Cruel. Ethan gagged and dodged the cruel man's foul breath. Examining Thanicus, Ethan was repulsed by the man's missing teeth and his horrible, crooked smile. Your favor is to take this blade, plunge it into the heart of that small rabbit on the table, Thanicus said with his grin growing. And my sister? asked Ethan, filled with dread. She has to eat its heart. If you do this, the vial here on the table will cure your mother. You have my word on it. Ethan's ghostly sister cried out, That's my boo-boo Fluffakins! Sparkle gasped, then tried to look neutral. Ethan realized the rabbit was his sister's favorite pet, and his heart ached. His ghostly sister stared deep into Ethan's eyes with small tears streaming down her cheeks. She nodded and softly said, To save Mama, I will do it. I forgive you if you do this, brother. Ethan took the blade and stared at his sister. Please close your eyes, he said softly. His sister closed her eyes, and the small table which held the pure white rabbit slid closer to him until the table's edge rested against his thigh. He felt the hot breath of Thanicus on his neck. Do it, boy. Do it now. Ethan closed his eyes, took a deep breath, and spun quickly, and slashed the vile man's neck, and snatched the vial from the table, and darted away with his sister. The scene faded, and again Sparkles stared. Wow. Didn't see that coming, said Cat softly. Is that it? Ethan was feeling increasingly uncomfortable. Mordecai smiled. Just one more, mate. 
hanging there. Ethan sighed and leaned his neck side to side and slight popping sensation felt good to him. Okay, fine. You're walking along a desert. You see a turtle. You flip it over on its back. Wait, what? The sun is baking down on the turtle and you try it's trying its best to flip itself over, but you won't let it. Wait a, wait, wait a second. Wait one damn second. That's from Blade Runner. Mordecai let out a huge laugh. Yeah, I'm sorry, Chom. Had to do it. I had to make sure you were a solid geek. If you didn't know Blade Runner, what kind of power would you be? So no more questions? Mordecai shook his head. Nope, we're done. Now all you do is look into the guide stone and tell us what you see. Ethan stared at, into the diamond, which shifted colors and swirled vibrantly. As it shifted, a video game interface appeared. The display floated in front of him. On the right, in bright crimson red, it read, Evil. On the left side, in eth ethereal blue, it read, Good. And in center in gray, it read, Neutral. What do you see? It looks like a damn video game. Video game? Yeah. Makes sense, since you... Help make games, right? Ethan nodded. Okay, go with it. Guidestone shows you things in ways your mind will understand. It will communicate with you from time to time. In big bold letters, the swirling center of the stone read, Scenario 1, Cold Choice. The left side had numbers spinning quickly, and the color bar ex expanded. It showed 100 points good, 0 points evil. The Scenario 2, Father's choice flashed. More spinning. A thousand points good. 750 points evil. Which brought the new total to 1,100 points good. 700 points evil. Next scenario three. Mum's sick flashed. Again, spinning numbers. 1,000 points good. 1,000 points evil. Which brought the next total to 2,100 points good. 1,750 points evil. Finally, the score said, bonus round. Flash for a second. Spinning numbers on the good side went up by 9,000 points and evil zero points. Knowing Blade Runner's scene is good. Ethan snapped his gaze away and chuckled. So what did you see? Asked Mordecai, his head tilted slightly as he leaned in for the response. It was confusing to me. It had good and evil scores. Sparkles chuckled. And... Well, I thought since I killed those two people that those are evil since you're not supposed to kill people. Sin and all that. Yeah, that's true, but also there's good in those actions as well. Those get weighed. Each action has a cost, ultimately. The Guidestone will keep you up to date. It's also a resource to ask questions to as well as locate things. As Sparkles pointed out, it's one of three in existence. No one knows who made them been around for a very long time. I was surprised that the council wanted you to have it. Why? What's the catch? There's always a catch, right? Asked Ethan with suspicion, with suspicion growing in his heart. Yep. The stone keeps in contact with the other two stones. Your score, as you put it, will be known to the council. They won't know the why, just the overall direction you're moving in. It's a good resource for you, but they also have peace of mind knowing that you're going good route or the evil route and if I go evil depends if you're doing stuff that would make holocaust look like a weekend picnic I'd imagine they'd send me after you wait so you'd have to kill me 
Yep, but over to all gloom and gloomy, I imagine you have tons of adventures ahead of you and thousands upon thousands of decisions to make before you'd ever show up on my radar. Plus, with Cat, Sparkles, and the Guidestone, I think you'll have plenty of guidance to help you decide the path you are meant to walk. Ethan took a long, slow breath and considered what he was hearing. He knew he wasn't an evil person. He knew he didn't have vindictive bone in his body. And yet, in the last two scenarios, he had killed people in cold blood. Melissa's word came, words came back to haunt him. I have a question. Shoot. Melissa, Melissa mentioned that power would corrupt me. Power could corrupt you. But like I said earlier... You got a solid crew with you. Relax. Besides, I got you scheduled to train with some masters. Folks who taught me everything I know. That way, if I do have to hunt you down, you have a solid chance of surviving. Mordecai winked at Ethan, who wasn't thrilled with the idea that there could be a time when the tall man might have to kill him. Okay, I guess I shouldn't worry until there's something to worry about. I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of crazy things like vampires, etc. Vampires where? Mordecai scanned the area and smiled and continued. Vampires are okay. I'm just giving you a hard time. Shall we head inside and gather up your stuff? Ethan shrugged, got out of the car, headed for the house. Chapter 5 Dude, you a psycho? 8346 Odenway, West Jordan, Utah, 1015 AM, April 5th. Ethan unlocked the door to his house and walked in. The house was silent. No barking dogs, no pitter-patter of small feet to greet their father, no loving wife or girlfriend, no tweeting of birds, nothing. The door swung open, no squeaks or groans, and the vibe was eerily quiet. Why is it so dead in here? I figured computer god like you would have had a smart house with a security system, some kind of emates or something? noted Sparkles. Ethan made a face at her and chuckled. What, you were thinking something like the Jetsons? Or something, man. It's quiet in here. And very, very clean. What's up with that? Well, for your information, I do have stuff, but you forget. We have Mr. Electric Dead Zone here, and I like to keep the place tidy. Sparkles nodded as she sauntered past him, and Mordecai followed. Wow, Kitty's not joking, mate. I don't even see a thin layer of dust here. You know what else is crazy? What's that? Not a look of magic up in here. No glyphs of any kind? How long you lived here? I don't know, about 12 years, I guess. Why? Construction on these suburbs are done quick. A lot of magic is utilized to make it happen. Not very often you walk into someone's house and not see something right away. The entrance of the house led to a small formal living room and directly into the kitchen and dining room. Dining room. There were stairs to the left and a second set of steps past that which led to the lower level of the house. Sparkles had made her way into the dining room and paused as she looked into the den. Sweet Christmas was all she said. What? Uh, Ethan? Wanna explain this? Ethan passed Mordecai, who was right behind him, hand on blade, ready to draw. As they faced a den, there was typical furniture and a large TV with multiple gaming consoles connected to the TV. But in addition to that, there were blades, hundreds of them, ranging from swords to small displays showing old folding knives. Oh my, that's something, 
said Cat, surprised. Ethan, please, do not take this the wrong way. But, mate, you a psycho? asked Mordecai with a huge grin on his face. Wait, ex wait, excuse me? I like to collect blades, unlike someone we all know who actually used them. Now, now, no need to be hurtful, but seriously, what's up with all the gear? I, I collect them. Some guns, too. Guns? Okay, so tell me, Mr. Pacifist, who doesn't really know how to fight and afraid of the dark, how does one go about collecting such an arsenal of blades and guns? Started out small, and then I started watching YouTube. I have some channels I really like, and when they do reviews, I see what's good, and then I order them. YouTube? Asked Sparkles. Yeah. Channels? She probed. Yes. So you watch a lot of the old YouTube? Asked Mordecai as he examined the large blades. Yeah. Figures, Mordecai said with a slight shake of his head. What? Now, now, what? Now that sounded hurtful. What's wrong with YouTube? A bunch of glory-seeking, self-righteous attention-seekers. Look at me! Look at me! I'm a YouTuber! Dude, that's, that's not cool. A lot of channels I watch are way mellow and humble. Really. Like who? Uh, Wingman115, Tactical, Living Survival, Prepared My 101, The Angry Jackalope. Angry what? A Angry Jackalope? Is he a real jackalope? Interjected Sparkles. No, he's human. Jackalopes aren't real. Yes, they are. Yes, they are very real. Mordecai waved it all away. Okay, okay. So this angry jackalope, what's its channel like? Uh, he chops frozen pig heads with blades to test how strong they are. He does product reviews. He's cool. Okay, so he's a warrior. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. He's a smith? What's his background? He's a graphic designer and works on computers, kind of like me. And he gives advice on blades. Why is he so angry? Yeah, well, more like he beats on blades. If they pass, then I'm interested. I don't know why he's angry. Most of the time, he's pretty chill. Describe him. I, I really don't see the relevance here. He's one of many channels I watch in my spare time. I like blades and guns. End of story. Sparkle smiled. I think it's cool. YouTube has some good stuff on there. Days of entertainment. How many subs does he have? Like, millions? No, he's small, but that's what I like about him. We have conversations and stuff. I'll look up Angry Jackalope so I can see what you talk, what you like about his channel," said Mordecai with a small nod. "Fine. What do you want to bring back to Sanctum?" "I'd like to bring all my gear." "What's the plan here?" asked Mordecai, who suddenly seemed bored. "I'll have to get boxes from storage so I can load everything up." Mordecai grinned. "What?" Oh, mate, your soul gonna love magic. Why? Okay, okay, look, we're gonna try something here. I assume you maintain these blades, gear, etc. You named them? I've named a few dozen of the pieces. Those ones will be easy. Everything else you're gonna need to mark. Mark? Oh, I see what he's thinking. Good test of your abilities. Yeah, you know your signature? Yes. Okay, you're going to create a new one right now. That's a smaller version of your signature. In your mind, picture it. And then smush it all together. And in your mind, remove the extra lines until you see a glowing shape. That new sigil is going to be very important for this. 
Ethan closed his eyes and did as he was told. Sure enough, a simple glowing glyph pulsated in his mind. Gather up all your gear you want and trace that mark on them and then stack them up in the middle of the room. Any large furniture, equipment, same deal. I see all these computers and TVs, etc. You won't need any of those. For the, re the really precious items you want, you can put those in your car. Sparkles started chanting, and items gently came down off the wall and were neatly lined up on couches. Ethan worked to trace the images, image he had in his mind, and it was slow at first and gained speed as he went. As he traced the glyph, it would flash brightly for a moment and then a symbol pulsed. After an hour, there were three large piles. One pile was comprised of blades. The next was a wide assortment of firearms, AR-15s, pistols, and shotguns. The final pile was books, clothing, backpacks, with various pieces of kitnet. Mordecai examined the piles and nodded as he could see the glyphs on everything. Okay, now what? asked Ethan with a sense of excitement in his voice. Okay, it's super easy, and I'm sure Sparkles and Cat both know where I'm going with this. Summon spell? asked Sparkles. Yep, you guys head back to Melissa's. And you do a summon from there. And all of this will show up. You can communicate with me via the Guidestone. I have some more hunting to do. You know, work stuff. And we will, you will have some unpacking to do, as they say. We can sync back up tomorrow. Hunting? Ethan turned and Mordecai was gone again. Yeah, he's always on a move, explained Cat. Ethan nodded and made sure his bed had to summon Glyph as well as a few other large items like his dresser. He started to mark the washer and dryer. You won't need those. Simple spell will keep you fresh and clean. Trust me, said Sparkles as she floated up the eye level. Ethan shrugged. He sighed deeply. Nothing's going to be the same, is it? Nope. No, I'm afraid not. Just hang in there. Do I have a choice? No. Okay, we sit back to Melissa's. You mean your new home? Yeah, I stand corrected. My new home for now. Ethan carried out his prize blade and one firearm, a Keltec KSG, which he had named Bertha. His neighbor Bill was outside mowing his lawn and waved a hello to Ethan. Ethan returned the wave and finished loading up the gear and started to drive back to his new apartment. A lone figure crouched on top of the roof, watched as Ethan drove away. A small smile played across the stranger's face. Let's check something real quick. Hmm. Alright, let's see if we can get this next one in. Chapter 6, Learning the Ropes. Shiny Meadows Apartment Complex, Salt Lake City, Utah, 11-11 a.m., April 5th. So what do we do now? You're going to need to summon the gear you left back at your old place. You know what to do, sour puss? asked Sparkles with a grin. Ethan glanced down at Sparkles and was still getting used to the talking cat. Sourpuss? Yeah, you had this look on your face when you're concentrating. When you look like a sourpuss. A person who just ate a raw lemon. Or maybe I should call you Captain Constipated. The looks are kind of similar. Oh. This wasn't the first time someone pointed out he had had a certain look when deep in concentration. Especially when he was in the zone where he would get lost in a, in a project and time would just fly by. It's a good thing you can get into that kind of mindset and such. Why is that? 
Because in magic, you have your mind, you have to have your mind in a certain state, and they are similar. It will be that much easier for you to harness the energies and craft with them. Ethan nodded. Are you and Cat having a conversation? Asked Sparkles. Again, Ethan nodded. Is there a way she can connect us so we're all on the same page? Possibly. You'll have to carefully take a piece of the metal from the goggles, and we'd craft a similar set for her that I could relay into. Yeah, but we'd have to make something to do it. Hmm, seems like a good idea to me, and maybe a good first step in your journey of becoming whatever it is you're going to become. Ethan shrugged. He removed the goggles, and the room went super brilliant. He flashed. He fished into his pocket and pulled out his Topps Knives Excess Delta folding blade and opened it. Just a very small piece. Take it from the back buckle. Ethan did as he was told, and there was a fine shaving piece as small as a nail clipping. Perfect. Now put the blade away and put the sliver down somewhere where it has room. Ethan cleared a large pillow, gently placed the shaving on it. Oh damn, son, this is exciting. Your first real spell. This will be easier than you think. There are four movements, followed by two glyphs in the air. Three of the movements are going to be easy. The last movement is a bit more complicated, but doable. It will hurt a little since you have to dislocate your shoulders to do it. What? One thing you're going to need to quickly learn is that the physical is not governed by the laws like you thought before. You're only half human, so you'll be able to do things normal humans have to train decades to accomplish normally. You'll see what I mean. Here, let me send you the images in your mind so that you can see the movements and the glyphs. The first movement was to clap his hands in front of him once with velocity and catch his hands together, fingers interlocked. The second movement was to reach behind him and interlock all fingers from pinky to ring finger and leave the pointed fingers resting against each other, outstretched like he was making a finger gun. The third movement was to take his right foot, trace a circle on the ground in front of him. The final movement was to keep his hands locked and rotate them forward until his hands were pointing at the sliver. This was the dislocated shoulder part Cat mentioned. The first symbol he'd have to trace in the air with both hands still positioned. The second symbol required both hands were traced with the outstretched pinkies. You see them all? Yeah. The complete spell danced in front of his mind's eye, and he couldn't forget it if he wanted to. One thing, Ethan, you have to execute the moves as quickly as you can and stay calm and focused. Picture the flow you've experienced in the past, the feeling you've felt when you're in the zone. You can do this. Okay, let's start. Sparkles took a cautious step back from the large pillow and watched with eager anticipation. Ethan took a deep breath and closed his eyes. Quickly, he executed the first movement and the lights flickered out and he was engulfed by a deep bluish glow. As he reached back and did the second movement, Fairy fire danced around him. He felt himself relax and heard his joints slightly pop as they loosened up. With the third movement, the sliver began to glow and shimmer. As he executed the final movement, he felt no pain as his arms popped in and out of the sockets easily. Tracing the first symbols in the air illuminated the room in a wild mixture of colors and sparkles was captivated by the sheer beauty of it. When Ethan opened his hands to do the final glyphs, 
A white ball of light grew as his hands parted. He traced the symbols and the ball of light shot forth onto the sliver, and it shined and pulsed, and an instant later, smaller goggles replaced the sliver. The entire spell took less than eight seconds to complete. Ethan opened his eyes and saw the goggles. Wow, it worked, he said in a whisper. Yes, it did. You need to understand. Some normal humans work their entire lives through that very spell. Only a handful ever achieve the smallest of results. Do they work? Asked an excited Sparkles. Let's see. Ethan lifted the goggles and gently wrapped them around her head. The goggles shifted as they had when he first wore his, until they sat snugly on Sparkles' head. Test, 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 said Cat. I heard you loud and clear. Ethan, you hearing all of this? Yep, he thought. This is good. We'll be able to talk without others listening in. Ethan continued excitedly. Except for telepaths, of course, said Sparkles. True, replied Cat. Some people can read minds? asked Ethan. Yes, there's some natural telepath telepaths and magical ones. The magical ones will know about and can warn you ahead of time. The natural born ones... Yeah, they are sneaky, said Sparkles with a grin. Okay, cool. So how do we get the rest of my stuff here? Is it a crazy dance too? Nope. All you need to do is close your eyes, focus on your marked items, place a single uh, single mark on the ground near you or wherever you want them, and then you'll do this glyph in the air and just pull them to you. An image of the symbol appeared in his mind. Pull. You ever go fishing? Yeah. Okay, you know when you got a fish on the line? Yeah. In your mind, you're going to feel a tugging like a fish on the line. You just imagine you're reeling in a fish and you'll feel it and you'll understand what we're saying. Ethan did as he was instructed and as he traced the symbol on the ground, it glowed a pale yellow. Perfect. Here goes. Ethan focused and did the last glyph in the air. Instantly, he felt a tugging in his mind. He experimented and found quickly what it was to pull to him. Satisfied he was doing it right, he yanked and a whooshing sound filled the area. Uh, that works, said Sparkles with a nervous tone in her voice. He opened his eyes and saw that in addition to all the piles of gear that he was supposed to bring, there was also chunks of the floor, as well as the corner of one of the couches that he wasn't going to bring. Uh, what happened? Uh, you pulled with too much power. It created a vacuum and brought other stuff by accident. I guess we should have told you to pull gently. Ethan shrugged. My bad. No worries. It's only your second spell and such. Believe me, could have been much worse. Yeah, like Kat said, it's usually like, hmm, most of my stuff made it, a few pieces didn't. Where do things go that don't make it? Got me. I just know I usually do spells like that with stuff I'm kind of iffy on. Ethan examined the piles and sorted each into its sections around the room. Swords in one pile, pole arms, long blades, short blades, folders. Guns were also neatly arranged. He did a mental inventory and everything was accounted for. Cool. Everything's here. Sparkles took a tour of the blades and noted a few were heavily used and beaten on. Why are these here? These look messed up and almost broken. Those are blades I tested. Chopped wood, a toaster, some other odds and ends. The blades didn't break. Edge still really sharp. There's only some surface coating gone and some minor chinks to them. Not even close to being broken. A toaster, you say? What, did you think it was a Decepticon or something? 
No, it was broken, and I wanted to see what the blade would do against something a little different than wood or cardboard or rope. Let me guess. Something the angry jackalope or some other YouTuber did? Ethan nodded. The blade's handled, though, he said defensively. Your stuff, man, not mine. You can fix those, by the way. I can? Yep, you know, a couple of different ways of doing it. One way is kind of like your first spell was, but you're regenerating the metal back to its pre-toaster state. The other way is a minor time shift. Magics can do minor time shifts to items that are not organic. Major rule here, so listen up. Time shifts on non-living things only. You do a time shift on something living, that is an instant death sentence. You think it's scary now, do that and get caught, and you'll see everyone out after you. Got it? Ethan nodded. I have a question, maybe a stupid one. Go for it. How do I know for sure something is alive? Not a bad question, all things considered, Kat said. Sparkles nodded. You have to scan whatever you are considering manipulating. It's always a good idea to scan something to really know it. Sometimes if you manipulate a non-living thing, you also remove some of the history that the item had. The history of some items make them extraordinary. Shifting the time on it to an earlier state returns them to the mundane. What if you shift the items forward? Good question. I've never heard of anyone trying that. I would imagine you could only shift it to current time since the future hasn't happened yet. Sparkles? Same here. Never heard of anyone trying that. Not sure what would happen. But yeah, scanning should become second nature for you as time goes by. It's actually really easy. You just need to focus on something and see it for what it really is. You can handle the item. You get deeper read on it. For regular mages, it's a discipline. I would imagine for Nephilim, it would be easier. For us fake hats, we can do it naturally. So how do I scan stuff? Grab one of your blades. Let's examine it. Okay, let's look at this one. Ethan grabbed a unique shaped blade. What's that one? asked Sparkles. It's called an Inforex Punisher from Topps Knives. It's one of my favorite blades. It was designed by a game named a guy named Daniel Serto. Okay, so when you hold it, start looking it over from top to bottom. Ethan examined the blade, and as he did, he saw faint images of the con concept process, the design refinement. He saw computers working and blanks being cut out. He saw people who worked each piece of the blade from sharpening to coating and even a sheath process as a mixture of images coming quickly in and out of his mind's eye. Whoa. Yeah, it can be a bit overwhelming as you learn the history of the item in your hand and each person who actually handled the blade. I never realized how many people were involved with making these. Did you sense anything alive in the blade? Asked Sparkles as she examined it. No, I felt a cold sensation, but it doesn't feel alive. Exactly. That's how you can tell if something is living. Does this only work on items? Can I do the same thing with people? Yes and no. If the living object to giving you permission, then yes. Oh, if the living object is giving you permission, then yes. If not, then you have to push your way through, and they will be aware of it. Interesting. Signatures also give you a lot of good information about a person, whether they be magic or, no, or normal. That's right. You saw mine before the whole manifestation thing. What does it do now? Let's find out. Ethan hunted for a sheet of paper and a pen. Here goes. He signed the paper and watched as the initial purple he saw before flashed, and then the red, and then the whole signature seemed to lift off the paper and flash brilliantly, and then it floated back to the sheet and just pulsed. Wow. 
Holy shit, said Sparkles. What? asked Ethan, a little nervous. Sparkles examined the paper and looked at Ethan and shook her head. You've only used two spells, and yet your signature shows your power higher than anything I've ever seen before. Ethan, seriously, I think I know why the demons were so damn interested in you as well as the council. The guide stone is a priceless artifact, and yet they gift it to you like a membership pin. There's a lot of powerful groups with their eyes on you. Now I get why Melissa sent me to you. You do? Yeah. You're powerful. Scary powerful. That kind of power can really change a person. I don't feel powerful. You will. It's not the way you think. I suspect you think energy coursing through your veins, right? Ethan nodded slowly. No, you're thinking about the wrong way. Let me explain it to you in a, in a way that makes sense. Each mag magic is strongest with a particular bloodline. Different ethnic groups have dominion over schools of magic as was explained to you before. More specifically, the bloodline ensures you can control the magic. If you lose control, the magic can consume you. Mages train hard to harness. Half of you, the human half, is Japanese, and so martial magic and healing will come very easy to you. The other half is Watcher Bloodline, which means you can harness magic. Which magic? All magic. You can use it all. There's not a school you couldn't master, and since you're Nephilim, you age differently. With that much time and training, your ability and knowledge of spells are almost limitless. Okay, I think I'm following. Let me see if I can throw an example back at you. There's tubes that are coated to handle different liquids. Red liquids, as an example, might be like acid. Red tubes can handle red liquids, but blue liquid would break the red tube. Yes, correct. Yes, continue. The purer the tube, the more liquid of that color it can handle. But my tube is special. It can handle all the liquids. Yes, but that's not the full scope of things. You see, there's also capacity of your tubes. For normal humans, it might be like a small bathtub. And me? The ocean of the planet, maybe more, replied Sparkles in a soft voice. Oh, yeah, scary. So with Sparkles as a familiar, it's augmented even further? Sorry, man. If you were normal, then yeah, I could augment. But with the amount of mana you're capable of pulling through you, it'd probably destroy me. And my augmentation would only be a drop in the bucket. Wow. So let's talk about the Watchers. They can harness all magic as well? No. No. No? They were shackled. They are powered down as punishment for sharing magic with the humans. They were cursed to be immortal, but also unable to tap into magic. Rumor was the Nephilim were too, but here you are, and obviously you have the power. Sparkles was walking circles around Ethan's feet. There were other Nephilim before? Yes, thousands of them in all shapes and sizes. You could usually spot one pretty easy. They had six fingers and toes, two rows of teeth. A lot of them were giants. Giants? Yep, kind of crazy, really. You ever watch Attack on Titans? Yeah. You know those giants running around eating people? Uh, yeah. Those are kind of like, kind of based on Nephilim. So I'm going to grow now and start sprouting extra fingers? Probably not. You have a pretty solid picture of who you are, so it's not like you're going to suddenly say, I am a giant, and grow. But you can shapeshift if you wanted to. It's easy enough. You can manipulate all kinds of basic things like that, which is what we were hinting at back at your place. You don't do laundry. You don't need to shower. 
You could use some common hygiene glyphs and let the magic do its thing. So I'm confused. Is there like a spell book or something I can read from? Memorize spells on a daily basis? Sparkle started laughing. Wait, wait, were you a player or a DM? Ethan blushed a little. Both. I was a player and I DM from time to time, a campaign here and there. I knew it! A D&D nerd! Ethan smiled. I played a little in college, okay? Okay, so listen up. Any magic you can use at any time. Once you learn a spell, a glyph, a magic word, it's locked in your brain forever. The real magic is when you learn a few things and start combining them in new, unique ways. Okay, where do I get exposure to magic? We could teach you some. Others you'll learn from masters. There are some resources available on the magic net. The what? The magic net. It's the internet for magics. There's a magical internet? Yes, is what your old internet is based on. Some mage felt bad for the normals and decided to create something to allow them to learn and communicate. How do we see it? You're going to have to build up your network. The more mages you come in contact with, the more you'll learn. Are you good with talking to strangers? Not a good sales guy, but I've never been shy to strike up conversations. Good. And how's your drinking skills? Not that good. I never really could handle liquor. Okay. But you can drink, though? What do you have in mind, Sparkles? I'm thinking of taking Homeboy here to one of the clubs to do some meet and greets. Which one? Cat asked cautiously. Club Vice. The one in San Francisco or New York? San Francisco. That's council controlled, right? Yep. Which should be good considering he's rocking a guildstone. True. I think it's a fine idea. What do you think, Ethan? Kind of early to be drinking. Not really. You'll see why when we get there. You game? Sure. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? All right. That is where we're going to end. Woo! Um, so, yeah. So, uh, we got to page 60. We're on chapter 7 now. And uh, so we got to see, we got to witness uh, Ethan manifesting. And that was a really shitty experience for him. But uh, it was also something that, you know, uh, was important for him to go through and then he starts to learn about the different forces around him we have the council we have hell we have heaven and um, he's starting to figure out there's certain things at play here so that's where we're going to end it right now i'm going to go and eat dinner with the kids and then uh after that i will be on discord for a little bit i'm going to be experimenting with that so if you guys are interested in checking out on discord uh, that's down in the description below and uh, that's it for now all right we will continue this more uh, next week probably if there's a change or something else you guys will see it ahead of time okay guys thanks for uh, hanging out with me on a Sunday I hope you guys enjoyed it and I will see you guys next time